You are listening to Inside Mountain Bike Radio. This episode of Inside Mountain Bike Radio is brought to you by ProGold. ProGold provides a complete lineup of bicycle care products that keep you rolling. Check out bikes.progoldmfr.com for more information. It's also brought to you by VeloFuse. VeloFuse is a U.S.-made high-performance tire sealant that provides superior flat protection. For more information or to order, check out VeloFuse.com. Welcome back to Mountain Bike Radio. I'm your host, Ben Welnack, and with me is the Schwamigan 40, this year's Schwamigan 40 men's overall champion, Brian Motter. Brian, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Uh, it seems like it's just a couple days ago that we were talking about this. <laughs> and actually, yeah, so we, uh, tu- when was that, Tuesday? Tuesday night we did uh, the Wars Report, so if you're wondering what he's referring to, Go to mountainbikeradio.com, left-hand side, the Wars Report, click on that, and we were doing a little uh, pre-Schwamigan discussion, I guess, about uh, about that, and Brian was talking about, you know, leading up to it. So, yeah, before we get to the specific race, why don't you talk about, you know, in that last show you talked about the 100 and, you know, 10%, I guess, kind of, that you'd be giving. Can you just give us an idea yeah. of, you know, those few days leading up to it, were you able to you know, keep the stress down to a minimum, how, you know, just talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that really, I mean, like I told you uh, last week, there's some races where you show up to and you give 100%, and then there's key goal races where you show up and you know you have to give 110%, and some of that extra 10% is in the preparation the week before the race. And it's just all those little things that sometimes you you forget about sometimes you don't do, but you know, drinking an extra glass of water, no legs up for an extra half an hour, um, going and getting a massage, um, really making sure your bike's prepared, your tire pressure's proper, or maybe a new cable and housing, or maybe a new tire if necessary. Just a little, little extra things leading up to the race that give you that extra confidence knowing that you've done everything you could possibly do to prepare for the race. So with the, with the bike, um, I'm curious, you know, cause people, different people have different ways of getting ready for the bike. Some people don't do anything and have mechanicals all the time. seems like you're really consistent. Is there something, is there kind of a routine that you do or do you get all your bike ready a few days before, give it a good, good couple quick, you know, beat downs and see what, you know, needs to be adjusted or something like that or how do you go about that i mean it it starts it starts you know the the day after the previous so uh i'm sponsored pro gold um and they do a ton of great uh, bike wash stuff and chain lube so make sure first that the bike gets cleaned up and then i can really analyze what's going on with the bike I inspect tires you run through the shifting brakes um, and if everything's good and if it rode smoothly, um, in the previous race, I'd usually leave it alone. Um, but you know, when you want to put forth that extra 110% effort, you want to, you know, if something needs to be replaced where normally you might just kind of let it slide because it's just a local race, um, you know, you don't do that for a race like Shawamagan. You want to make sure you got fresh corners on the, on the knobs of the tire. You really need to hook up. 
so maybe it replaced the tire. In this case, still my bike was pretty good to go, so I didn't really do anything additional. I did switch to a, a single changing setup in the front, so I removed my front shifter and removed my little ring um, to try to save a little bit of weight. Um, so I guess that's one example of you know, doing the extra effort to make sure my bike is as light and as prepared as possible for the race. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so you managed to do that. You, you traveled up, got all checked in and all that stuff. So talk about, you know, what it's like going up to that race. You know, maybe the, the day before, what can, what's the atmosphere around it? You know, what, what's it like for people that haven't raced it? Cause it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, there's like 1700 people that race it. It's a been going on for, I don't know how many years. Um, I think, I don't know if this was, 23 or 24 i might be on that yeah it's been going on a long time and basically the north woods of wisconsin is super tranquil you know you go up there and you're fishing on remote lakes and there's log cabins and everything's really low-key um but when you show up at telemark resort you know after driving through the north woods there's this buzz in the air there's an extra energy up there uh, and thousands of people show up in this little tiny uh, ski resort, and they're all pumped to do the Schwamagon Fat Tire 40. So um, for me, it's this is year number 11, so I've got a routine down of driving up there, getting out of the car, going and, you know, I usually ride backwards on the course to the fire tower climb, which could be a decisive point in the race, and then preview the race course from the fire tower to the finish. No, I'm going to check in, your bib number, and uh, back to the hotel for a relaxing night before the big race Saturday. Do, do you spend a lot of time, do peop, a lot of people stop you? I'm like, hey, Brian, how's it going? You're you're kind of like a celebrity. I mean, you, you won it four times previously up until, you know, fifth time this year, but is that something that's like, oh, man, or are you just, you know, how's that go? It's, yeah, it's hard. You know, that's, that's a hard balance. You know you want to be a personable um, approachable pro bike racer to represent your sponsors. Um, so yeah, I definitely get a lot of, how are you doing? Are you ready? Are you going to win again? Last year I bet on you and I won some white assholes. Should I bet on you again this year? And, you know, I, you get a lot of that and a lot of it's fun, but, um, you know, you can definitely get into trouble by hanging out at a race venue for too long. So, you know, we try to, say our hellos and, you know, talk to Gary Crandall, who's the race promoter, and say thanks to him and um, kind of go about our business, be friendly to people, but relax, we got a big race tomorrow, so try to get out of there and back to the hotel as fast as possible. I, I heard Gary Fisher was there. Did you talk to him? <laughs> I didn't talk to Gary Fisher this time, so, um, you know, I've ran into Gary a couple times at Iceman and... Um, he did Schwamagon a couple of years ago and Greg Lamond was there at Trek World lot, but I didn't, I didn't get to say hi this year. Gotcha. Um, all right. So the race. So let's talk about, um, you know, you're kind of known as, you know, you're smart, smart guy, smart bike racer. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. You know exactly where you stand. Like, you know, it seems like you really know you got it all pretty dialed. Um, talk about, you know, was the, you had a plan in your head. Did it kind of start off with the way you wanted it to, or did you, were you, 
were you in control of your race or did you end up having to, to kind of make any, uh, you know, just catch up to anybody else in their, their own race? Um, well, pretty much right away, the race changed when, um, you know, the neutral lead out ended and four wheelers took off and Cole House accelerated and broke his chain immediately and Cole was definitely the biggest competition. He broke so his chain? He broke his chain, you know. He Ugh. turned the right-hand turn onto Highway 77, stood up, accelerated, and broke his chain. So immediately all these tactics um, that were in my head were changing when Cole's now out of the race. So, um, you know, lots of emotions going through my head going down that, that first paved road. Um, lots of guys come up to me. Did you see what just happened? Did you see what just happened? And, you know, I'm trying to stay focused on the, the lead out can be quite dangerous with, you know, 1500 or 1700 mountain bikers going down pavement for one mile sprinting for the first single track or for mm-hmm. Rosie's field. Um, yeah, things changed up right away, but it seemed like once we got a little ways into the Berkey Trail, we kind of established a lead group of 12 riders, and then things kind of went back to normal. Um, okay. With those 12 there, riders, do you guys, do you, is that something that you, you know it going into it, you're going to be working together, or how do you coordinate that when you get, you know, you've gotten to this point where now there's, you're down to 12, how do you coordinate what's going on? I think I half the twelve guys are, um, you know, happy to be in the lead group, and the other half the twelve guys want to win the race. Um, so usually it's about half of them. Half of the lead group is up at the front, whether they're packing or taking poles. Kind of depends on how the race is playing out. Um, about okay. about. Halfway through the race, after double O, which is one of the major, major cross sections that you go through, a four wheeler, uh, actually high sided, the lead four wheeler high sided and crashed and took out a couple of the lead group. Um, what? So, yeah. So, so how the, many, I saw TJ Woodruff, he got second place, which was a fantastic ride. It looked like you mentioned something about him getting caught up in that. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know exactly what happened. I happened to be in 12th place, and I kind of came around the corner, and four-wheeler was on its side, and four guys were down. Michael Allheiser had crashed. Travis had crashed, um, and two other guys were down. So we kind of rode. I rode around the four-wheeler off into the woods and kind of slowed up the lead group and said, hey, you know, unfortunate, let's those guys catch back on as soon as they caught back on i looked back i asked travis he was okay he didn't really answer me i looked back again and there was another crash so at that point in time two crashes in a row i was like you know things are getting weird we need to kind of pace a little bit so um went to the front a little bit started to put a little more pressure on the group um, that kind of led us into the fire tower climb, which is that decisive climb I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Over the fire tower, I think we lost two or three or four guys maybe, and seemed like up the, up the final climb of the Berkey Trail, there was maybe eight or nine guys in the group, 
And at that point in time, I thought maybe two or three were in contention for the victory, which was me, Jason McCartney, and Corey Stelgis, um, who's my which, teammate. Who you, and you coach, right? And who I coach. <laughs> so kind of a, kind of a tough thing. You know, you want your client to do well, but at the same time, um, you know, you want to win yourself. And at the same time, we're teammates. So it's definitely a little bit tricky situation, but, um, we never went super hot at the last Berkey climb either. I didn't know if everybody was a little tired or they were being conservative, but I, I myself was being a little conservative there because the finish of the race actually changed a little bit and become a little more wide open and kind of a little more single track. Um, so I was being conservative up Berkey, waiting for those last three punchy climbs uh, in the last miles of the race. Okay, and then who, by the end, who was there with you? You know, it was down that dirt road, the group actually swelled back up, a couple okay. guys caught back on, um, including Travis, which I was pretty surprised. He had now crashed twice. He was cramping, going up the Berkey climb, and uh, we dropped him. He caught back on on the dirt road, and within the last two months of the race course, he was all attacking again. Um, so I was pretty pumped, pretty impressed with his, uh, you know, desire to, to continue racing and going for it. So he attacks with climb number three and climb number two to go. And, uh, Jason McCartney gets on his wheel. We took the last left-hand corner, the last climb, and I've rips the corner and gaps Jason by about 10 feet. And at that precise moment, I thought Trav was on his way to victory. So I was following Jason up the last climb, and he's out of the saddle pedaling. Seemed like about halfway up, he ran out of gas, he sat down, dropped it for three gears. So I had to go around Jason, and I just stood up and accelerated. And at the top of the climb, I was going significantly faster than Travis was over the top of him. Right at that moment, I knew I was going to win. Hmm. So what's it so feel like when that climb? You know, there's maybe 45 seconds of descending to go in the race. Oh, okay. A little, a little 20-second descent, maybe a 10-second flat part, and then maybe another 20 seconds down into the bowl for the finish. Okay, so once you crest that climb, then it's pretty much, there's not much you can do to catch Yeah, you're like going he can catch it. 30, 30 miles per hour on a descent that's pretty rocky, so unless you flat, you know, it's pretty safe. There's a little flat part in between the two descents, but full speed like that at the end of the race with the gap that I had, I was confident. So what's it like winning five, having this year? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> you know, I, I just, yeah, it's weird to me. I'm super happy to do it, but um, it's weird going up there and all these guys I'm racing with are talking about I'd like to win, you know, it would be awesome to win one of these. And I've won five, so it's just, you know, I have really, really big respect for my competitors. So to hear them say that, it's just kind of weird to me. Yeah. You know, the more I, I think I met you, it, we haven't been talking that long, basically. I had you on a couple shows, met you, you know, not, not too long ago. But it seems to me like the more I talk to you, the more you're – 
not, I guess, getting older, but more reflective on what's going on. Is that the yeah. case? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think I've got a good handle on, on what goes on in a race, and um, I can read a race really good. And I, I'm just enjoying it more. You know, like when I was younger, I think it's a little more pressure on me. I don't know why, um, but now I think I'm doing it a little more for fun, doing it more for myself right now. Um, so just a yeah, different outlook on things. Yeah, it seems like, you know, as far as your... Uh, your wife doing well and then your, all your clients and stuff like we were talking before, before we got on the air and how you, you have all this work to do before you leave for China in a couple of days just to, you know, help all your clients and get them up to speed after their race. Um, was there, any, which brings up something, was there any performance of any of your clients that you don't have to mention names or anything, but that kind of surprised you? Like you knew they'd do well, but you didn't really think they'd do that well. No, I mean, is there any I, aspect know, of it? Yeah, how is that? I was, yeah, driving up there, I was telling my wife, Andrea, that it's going to be a great weekend for momentum endurance coaching. And, you know, I put up on Facebook and on my blog that it, it turned out that way. I mean, Travis and I went one, two, uh, two of the juniors I coached, one, two in the short and fat. Chloe won. My wife got 10. Lots of junior female in the single race. Um, lots of people with PRs. So it was, it was an awesome weekend. Good. And I'll link all that stuff in the show notes too. So, um, the coaching, your blog, your blog post that you just wrote this morning, posted it. Um, so I'll link that all. If you're people listening okay. to this, um, I'll link that in there. Um, so yeah, let, uh, do a quick, uh, I mentioned you're heading to China. And, uh, yeah. you explained it kind of last week, but just a quick, uh, what's going on? Are you getting nervous? Are you have just too much stuff to do before then? Or what's, what's the I scoop? can't be nervous. Yeah. There's <laughs> just too much stuff going on, but yeah, the first ever UCI cross race in China is this Saturday. So we're flying out Wednesday. Uh, we were invited by the Chinese, uh, I don't know if it's the government or the race promoters, but we're going over there. Kind of have no idea what to expect except, uh, on a cross bike and ready to go again. Going to be out there. It'll be kind of vacation slash racing slash just enjoying it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, race, enjoy my time, enjoy the experience. It's great. Well, China, take some pictures. Um, it's going to be pretty tough to have a good performance. Eight weekends in a row of racing, traveling across the country, big time change but i'm gonna go my best yeah and then uh when you come back what's the is the focus become ice Hopefully man or you're gonna do some some rest Hopefully and then some rest and relaxation take a little okay. break and then after that yeah uh cycle cross and ice man okay cool um well it, i think that does it uh and you're a big steelers fan right I'm sorry, what was that? Are you, are you a Steelers fan? You're a big Steelers fan, right? Steelers, I hope they know football. I'll be doing that for sure. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, they didn't look so hot last week, so. Well, we'll see. They're playing again tonight, so hopefully I can get my work done and uh, enjoy some recliner time and watch the Steelers on Monday Night Football. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Brian, and uh, good luck, China. Good luck with the rest, and good luck with Iceman. I'm sure we'll catch up at some point between now and Iceman. All right. Thanks a lot, Ben.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Mountain Bike Radio. Be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com to find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag, t-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.